Well, welcome to the Hills Church at Home. If you're just getting up and going, good time to shout in the house or wherever you might be, gathers with family or friends. Get your cup of coffee. You can download the message notes from our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, along with the kids' activity sheet. And always remember, for any of the events, uh, anything that we're announcing, you go to our website uh, for details. Well, my message title today is Be Strong. Be Strong. So I'd like you to open in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. I want to look at verses 6 through 9. But I also want to uh, have this thought in your mind that we're making steps. In fact, the Lord is all about steps, but it's got to be daily steps. It's got to be steps in the right direction because he has a purpose and a plan. And I felt as I was praying that we go back to Joshua because so many things have changed in our life this year. Yet the word of God does not change. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And what he spoke thousands of years ago, he can still use even today at this moment to speak a word to our hearts. So let's pick this up. Joshua chapter one. I'm just going to read verses six through nine. And remember, Moses has died. This mantle now has been passed on to Joshua. And this is a message to Joshua from the Lord. Listen to these words, verses six through nine. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, what's interesting uh, between uh, Moses, the children of Israel, Joshua and Caleb, we, we had the 12 spies that were sent out of the land for 40 days. They knew the promises of this promised land being a land full of milk and honey Remember, when you hear that, you think of good grass for any type of cattle, goat, whatever it is to produce milk. Um, honey, that means there was a plenty of bees. Bees would pollinate whatever fruit, whatever, whatever was growing out there, they would pollinate. So truly a land. And yet the children of Israel, because of a hardness of heart and not believing, 
and being stiffness of neck, we're now going to walk for 40 years in a big circle until all that generation died off, except the older ones being Joshua and Caleb. And now the mantle is placed on to Joshua. Moses is not going to physically get into the land. And before they take the land, God wants to let another message be known to that leader and to the people to be strong and very courageous. In fact, we read that over again, only be strong and very courageous. He bookends verse nine with, have I not commanded, it was a command, be strong and courageous. And yet one of the the parts right in between that is so easy to miss was before Joshua made any battle plans, before there was any plans on where to dwell, God wanted to make sure that Joshua was meditating his word day and night. And yet the part of our Bible that Joshua only had then was he didn't have Joshua's being written. It was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The five books, the Pentateuch, with the Jewish of the Torah, those five books that he was to meditate day and night and to be strong and courageous as the Lord led. Remember, Joshua walked in the wilderness, yet the wilderness is a place where they were simply surviving to the next test. There were miracles in the land, but it was a surviving The whole point of the wilderness was preparation for what they would walk in, not for living. God never planned on them living there. In fact, uh, if my memory serves me correct, it should have been from the tip of the Red Sea into the promised land, a 19-day journey. Yet they chose to disobey God and make it a 40-year journey. Now this land, this promised land living, the promised land was not a place of miraculous provision because the land was miraculous on its own. It is in this land where provision was the norm, not a miracle. Yet there were more battles and stronger enemies in the promised land than in the land of the wilderness, which I always like to phrase it this way. The land of promise had more battles and stronger enemies than the wilderness of disobedience had. Doesn't make sense sometimes, does it? You'd think disobedience had the battles. No, the battle was because of the promise. There's always a battle to attack the promise. There's always enemies, but here, that's why God says, meditate, back up, meditate my word. Listen to what I say. Follow what I say to do. Because Joshua probably would have looked at a Jericho and said, I know how we can take Jericho down. But God had plans. And had not Joshua taken the time to have sensitivity of heart, he could have messed the whole thing up. He needed to follow what God said. But God would say, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. So my prayer today for you is that you would be strong. You would be courageous, but you would be a person of his word 
that you would come back and it would be something of your meditation day and night. David said, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all of my day. Meditating the word of God. You know, you can read later in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42, we get a little real world example of Martha and Mary. In fact, Jesus comes into their house and these sisters, Mary and Martha, Mary's gonna sit at Jesus's feet and listen to what he has to say. Martha is gonna be busy preparing all of the food. She has house guests and then she explodes into the room and starts telling Jesus to tell her sister Mary to get up and help her in the kitchen. And Jesus uses those famous words. He says, Mary has chosen the good part and it will not be taken away from her. She chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. The most powerful thing we can do, especially in these days, is listen to him. It will never be taken from you. Matthew chapter five, verse six says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed, we all wanna be blessed, but blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness. The Bible says they shall be filled. So what we see in Joshua and what we see with Mary and what we see in Jesus's words brings us to this part that God's word can solve every problem in our life. Give us direction in every place that we're stuck. In fact, it will birth hope and it produces the true lasting peace. His word solves emotional problems. It unlocks your faith. It helps you and guides you to make wise decisions. His word defeats temptation and fear and it increases favor over you. It's interesting as we start reading the Bible that God in many of the verses directs steps. Though there are times where, you know, there are those leaps of faith, but he directs steps. And it sure seems like that Satan wants to have us take leaps of faith out there. Let's listen in at what some of the scriptures say about taking steps of faith. Psalm chapter 37, verse 23 through 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not utterly be cast down for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Notice what it says. I'll say it this way, the steps of a good man and a good woman are ordered by the Lord. Stepping out, ordered by the Lord. He delights in your way. Though you fall, you won't get cast down. He will uphold you. Listen to Psalm chapter 16. I'm sorry, listen to Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. In fact, This is one of the Psalms from Moses. And it says, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number these days 
that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Give us wisdom in our days as we're stepping out, as we're walking out these days, as we're making plans. Teach us, Lord, that in our heart flows your wisdom for the steps that we take. Proverbs chapter 16, verse one. Let me give you another couple more. The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. I love that because it's that, again, it's that partnership with his word in our lives. The man, we prep, we prep, excuse me, the preparations that are in our hearts, we plan and we think and we dream and we plan and we write things out, but the answer of the tongue comes from the Lord. That's powerful. Proverbs 16, nine, one more here. Um, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Now remember, I'm talking about when we're in alignment with his word and we're stepping out and taking steps and walking this different directions. We're all already reading here um, that the Lord will uphold us, that we have a heart of wisdom, that, that our words are from the Lord, that he directs our steps. And then in Proverbs chapter four, verses 20 through 23, what was passed down to Solomon from David and Bathsheba were these words where they said, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life. Listen to this. Life to those that find it and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Notice what he says. Give attention to what I say. Listen, listen, listen. Keep them in front of your eyes. Notice we have kind of a little theme here, right? Steps, hearts of wisdom, tongue of the Lord, directing of steps, planning in our heart, keeping his word first place. It all allows us that as we step out and make plans and get directions for this life, that the Lord is leading and guiding us because we're following after him. You know, we've all been in pressure situations. We've all made decisions that we look back. We always say, you know, hindsight is 2020. We've all learned from, from our mistakes. We all try to pass on to others so that they don't make the same mistakes that we did. But many times we feel that external pressure and sometimes that internal pressure, and we have to allow the Lord to lead. I, I was remembering back to when we went and planted our church uh, in Charlotte, and we were under some external pressure to start the church earlier than I wanted to because um, there was just an opportunity to, to meet people and to, to get to know people and plan things different way. Well, there was some pressure for us to get things going, and so we decided to first reach out to our neighbors and we were all new. We had all moved from different states. And so we were going to do a six week Bible study around a book in our house on Saturday nights to kind of get things going. And if I remember right, we were kind of kicking off right after, um, you know, right in that March, April time. 
I'm sorry, February, March time. And so we had six neighbors that were really excited to do this. Man, I, I was excited about that. We were going to meet on Saturday nights. We were going to provide a main part of a meal and they would bring things. And I remember our very first meeting that one of the neighbors came and they let us know that they wouldn't be apart, but they said that, you know, they would help in any way they could. And I believe the very first night, we only had two of our neighbors. So we decided to be faithful and start with them. And we had a lady that would come and uh, minister to the kids. We had a basement at that time. But this was the part that I remember. One Saturday night, and I still remember it as if it was just this last weekend, uh, we were doing baked potato bar. We were gonna have our Bible study. My wife, Michelle, was making baked potatoes and had it all set up. The lady showed up that was gonna do the kids' ministry. She went in our basement to get all set up. I remember looking at my watch. We were supposed to start at six o'clock. It was maybe a little after 6.05, 6, 7, 6.10, 6.15. Nobody showed up. And I remember thinking, I'm tapping my watch, right? Maybe it's my watch. I'm looking at the clock and nobody showed up. I went outside and uh, I see the two little girls coming and I called their name and I said, are you guys coming? And they said, no, our mommy and daddy are taking us to the movies tonight. Went back in the house and I was frustrated and I'm looking at 20 baked potatoes sitting on our counter and I wanted to go throw them at their car as it drove off as they left to go to the movies. I remember loading up this lady that came to do the kids that night, all these baked potatoes to go home and then I was serving on staff at a church and I remember seeing her Sunday morning and I could only imagine that somebody said to her, what did you do last night? Well, I, I was doing the Hofflands Bible study, you know, and nobody showed up and so they sent me home with 16 baked potatoes. So it was embarrassing. And from that point, I think we stopped it. But you know, when we felt more of the direction of the Lord to do it and restarted in the fall, do you know we restarted with 30 some people? And I still remember the very last night in our house before we started in a building between adults and kids, there were probably 50 uh, or so people that had come to gather. And I remember thinking back to that one night when nobody showed up for the baked potatoes. But it was that external pressure and probably that internal pressure of trying to start something when it wasn't God's steps yet. But when his steps and his plans went into fruition, that's when we saw fruit. You know, we do things when we're under pressure. We act on things, we say things, it keeps us up at night, but we need to be led by the peace of God and knowing that his word is on the inside of us because his word is what will produce change. It will ignite the hope in you. It'll give you the keys and insight how to change. You know, without the word of God in our life, that's when we feel hopeless. It's interesting that God can take Saul, the tormentor of the church, and turn him into the apostle Paul that is the encourager and the builder of the church. It's his word that causes that change. Your view and the way you look at things will be changed 
because God's word will allow you to see things as God sees it. You know, ignorance for the word of God is the only effective weapon that the enemy can use against you, ignorance. In fact, I never forget this one verse out of Hosea chapter four, verse six. It says, my people are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. Notice it didn't say lack of prayer, lack of, you know, we're destroyed by demons, destroyed by enemies, lack of knowledge. That knowledge and insight of the word is what produces that change, that peace, that hope, that direction, those steps, when to launch out, what to do and trusting the voice of the Lord. You know, in Matthew chapter four, Jesus is fasting and he's so weak and the enemy comes at him to tempt him, but it's the power of the spoken word that Jesus uses three times that the enemy must flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. Because the most important thing about God is not him hearing me, it's me hearing him. These steps and not giving up, under getting knowledge of the word, allowing it to transform this heart and, and this mind, not giving up, not giving in, persevering, being strong. And I think that's why God was speaking so strong to Joshua, because there's going to be battles in the promised land. Can I tell you today, I wish I could tell you that this Christian life, there'd be no more battles, that you'd be living on easy street. But there's battles in the promised land, but God is with you. Only be strong and very courageous. Only meditate my word. Allow his word to be something that bubbles up and that you're determined you will not quit. You know, uh, before I close here today, and I'll never forget this one instance. You know, I, I always sometimes you think back to high school and the sport you played, and I was thinking about uh, my very last high school football game. We were, I believe, third round playoffs. We were playing, I still can remember some a lot of these details, La Cañada High School, we were playing Bishop Union. I remember the bus unloading these kids. My team had about 28 kids on it. These guys fielded 90 players, and I can, I can still picture them getting out on the bus, and they lined up in the entire field. The one thing I remember about this game is we were losing, I believe, most of the game, but they had so many players that I never saw a guy with a dirty jersey. You know, many of us were going both ways and we were, you know, exhausted and tired. And I remember it was towards the end of the fourth quarter. And I remember looking up at the scoreboard and we were down. And for a fleeting minute in my mind was we were going to lose this game. But then I thought, okay, on Monday, I'll go back and I'll start my job back. I was working for a pharmacy in Arcadia and I was doing um, in-home deliveries, and I'll get my job back on Monday, and I'll get all my, like, I'm on the field, and we still have time to go, and I've already got these mental things going through my head, and then somehow, someway, I caught myself looking at the scoreboard, and I made a, a determination that day that I was not gonna quit. 
We didn't work this hard all season long to get to this place to lose. You know what's funny? Before I go on, that job that I was thinking so much at, I had a friend take over for me during football season, and he didn't show up. So they had already hired somebody. So me even going back, there wouldn't have been a job. Isn't it amazing how our mind works? And I just determined that game I wasn't going to quit. And, you know, we lost that game. I remember being in the locker room, and um, it was the only loss that we had had in that entire season. I remember there wasn't a dry eye, all of these guys crying in the locker room. But here's what I, I knew inside. I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I stayed strong and courageous. Now, if I can do that for a football game at 18 years of age and not quit, you and I can do this at whatever age that we are in whatever situation that we're being faced with that we will not quit. I don't care what the enemy throws at us. We will be strong and courageous. We will be very strong and courageous. We're going to live this life taking these steps because the Lord directs steps. If you're in a situation where you're needing to come back because of this economic climate and you're needing to rechange things in your business, the preparations of the heart belong to you. God's going to give you the direction to take. But like he told Joshua, take time, meditate my words. You'll have the answer because I'll give you the words. You'll have the steps because I'll direct it. In fact, I love that verse. He'll even make the crooked places straight. It's because you stayed strong. Stay in the fight. The promised land has battles, but it's not a, a land of miracles. There's already there's miracles happening. It's because of the land. The God will bless you in and where you go in Jesus' name. In fact, if you're with us today and this is kind of all new to you and you've, you've never uh, followed the Lord or made Jesus the Lord of your life, I would so encourage you to pray this prayer that I'm going to pray in just a minute. In fact, for, for many of you watching, it's so easy because we post it each week for you even to copy this prayer and to use it amongst your friends and post it out there so that people can see it. We pull it right out of Romans 10, 9, and 10. But the most important part is that you confess this, you believe it in your heart, that Jesus lived, died, and rose from the dead, and you shall be saved. But pray this prayer with me, would you? Dear God, I believe that Jesus lived, died, and rose again for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving me of all of my sins. And today I begin my relationship with you in Jesus' name. Amen. In fact, if you said that for the very first time, I so encourage you, would you reach out to us? You can email us, info at hillschurcharcadia.com. Dot org, or go to our website and you can connect with us on the connect tab on our website. Well, as we receive our tithes and offerings today, I want to read this verse out of the book of Numbers, Numbers 23, verse 19. And it says, God is not a man 
that he should lie, nor the Son of Man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make good? Remember this, God is not a man that he should lie. These promises aren't said here as something to lead us astray, lead us along, just give us hope, 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 hope. No, no, no. His promises, the Bible says, are yes and amen. So pray this prayer in our giving today. And as we give, we pray and we confess this over our lives, over our families, over our businesses, and over our workplaces. Ready? As I give in today's offering, I stand on the reliability of God's word. God's word is perfect, trustworthy, and supernatural. It is God's voice into my life. I believe that God's promises in scripture are for me, and by faith I claim them today. I will manage all of my resources according to your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In fact, if you're giving today, you can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can click right on the give button. It's fast, safe, and secure. You can also give by mail uh, by our address is the Hills Church, P.O. Box 661419, Arcadia, California, 91066. And as always, stay tuned. You can keep up on everything on our website, social media, some of the events taking place here in the next week or two. But the Lord bless you as you have a great week. And as we do each week, I want you to say our verse, the meaning of the name The Hills Church out of Psalm 121, 1 and 2. Say it with me. I look up to the hills, but where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord bless you today and this week. In Jesus' name.